Warning! The following podcast contains strong language, which some listeners may find offensive. If you do... Up yours! That's only if you don't listen to the podcast. Otherwise, not up yours. Did you know the Untitled Wrestling Podcast is on all of the social media outlets? Give us a like, follow, share, subscribe, or even a review if you're feeling generous. Facebook and YouTube at Untitled Wrestling Podcast. Twitter, Twitch, and Discord at Untitled Rest Pod. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Untitled Wrestling Podcast. It is Tuesday. You know what that means. It's time for your weekly news roundup show with me, your boy, Big Tasty, joined this week by Jay. How's it going, Jay? Um, all good. Um, to pull the curtain back at time of recording, it's Tuesday because it's just just about 10 midnight. Uh, I've just finished work. Not long finished work, have you? No, no, it's bank holidays have taken their toll on us, shall we say. Fuck the we, bank uh, holidays, we cancel them all. We will soldier on. Uh, I, think, I think everyone should have to work on bank holiday Monday, just, just for the hell of it. Everyone should work at least one bank holiday Monday, ideally in a bar. Yeah. I will do two. Just just to show them like what kind of hellish fucking thing they have to deal with. <laughs> I, I think I think specifically uh, Easter bank holiday is worse for retail didn't, didn't Troy is it Troy or Joe who said that or maybe both actually said that uh, everyone should work like at least a year in a bar yeah like like national service yeah just, just one year un- in a bar and one year in retail or six months in each you know just, yeah. just fucking understand just to make them understand <laughs> uh, right then shall we crack straight in with some WWE slash NXT news Let's do it. Give the people what they want. We'll start with the um, we'll start with the big one, which well, I say the big one, the worst kept secret in professional wrestling. Uh, WWE has officially announced they will be hosting a quote premium live event at the Principality Stadium in Cardiff on September third, twenty twenty two. That is this year. Um, so just to clarify a few things: one, uh, Principality Stadium, that's the Millennium Stadium, isn't it? It is. Yes. Yeah, the, the big one where Liverpool won the won the cup two thousand and one. Yes, it is. Um, it's also right next to a train station for anyone who's wishing to travel. Oh, nice. However, having looked at the train tickets, they've already doubled in price <laughs> upon the announcement of this event, so I've fun with that one. Um, I, I'm I'm not getting a train there. If I go, I'm, I'm going with the whole market. I'm just not going. But yeah, I'm, 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 I'm going with the uh, Dalmit Vince guys if that, because they've said they're going to go. Going to... Uh, I, I said I asked Joe if I'm going to jump in the car. He said it should be rude. So. Oh, fair. Uh, so this is the first WWE. I'm coming with you. This is the first WWE Premium Live event for in the UK for 30 years, 20 years. First proper one. First well, that's what I remember. It's like insurrection. Well, they don't count any of them. Hey, they yeah. sold. They sold that on the UK. That was on Skybox. I had to pay for that. They sold that as a yeah, but they were UK exclusives. Yeah. The 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 fair it's the first one. If you if you exclude the UK exclusives, which I believe finished in was two thousand three. Possibly, I remember watching one about two thousand one. That's the last something I remember seeing. Yeah, there was one. There was that one where like the plane ride from hell happened, wasn't there? Where Austin like nearly like ripped Undertaker's ear off. Yeah. Uh, with his knee brace. Uh, but the last actual pay per view was SummerSlam 92. Yeah. 
So it will be the first for 30 years, yeah. Yeah. So um, I don't know what they're going to call it, like great fish and chips of fire or something like that. I mean, it's in Wales. What, what like the Wales have the like great balls of one Well, no, I mean, like Yang Snowballs, dragons, dragons in the top. Oh, fuck, it's going to be called something to do with dragons, isn't it? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, God. Have they even got any right. well lost there? Okay, here's the plan. We call it Unleash the Dragon and we get Cisco through the music. Do it, do it, sold. I mean, I've just I've just realised when I asked that question, there's only one Welsh person in the entire roster. No, no, absolutely two, two, two. three, three. There's three. All right, we don't need to worry about the nightmare that we could have. So it's subculture. Well, Flash Morgan Webster's left. Yeah, well, it's Mark Andrews then. Uh, don't worry about it. Who else have you got? Eddie Dennis is good. We like Eddie, Eddie Dennis. Dennis. Yeah, we, we like Eddie Dennis. He's, he's, he's wild, wild boy. He's like a miniature hoss. Yeah, wild boy's right. Get um get Mason Ryan back in for a one-off. They did have Tegan Knox. They could have had there win the women's. Yeah, but they sucked it, didn't they? So you know, what are you gonna do? Just get Rob. Just get Rob. Just get Rob Terry versus Mason Ryan in the main event. There you go. Just no. just loads of Welsh lamb slapping into each other. Would rather not. <laughs> but they are definitely going to have one of those people probably I've, do something on the show. You think? Have, yeah, they'll have like Mark Andrews do a shooting star press or something. Or, I don't know. Eddie Dennis run out. Or, I don't know. As long as Mark Andrews doesn't come out to a shit music, I don't care. That's what that's what upsets me about him so much. Me and Troy kind of like had like a little therapy section to try and figure out why Mark Andrews upsets me so much. And I think it's his entrance music. It just sets you on a, it puts you on a bad foot, doesn't it, for the whole thing? It, it's the entrance music, and then he comes walking out like a twat to the entrance music, <laughs> bobbing dead like a fucking idiot. Like the fact that he's enjoying it makes it even worse. Yeah, but it's only him who's enjoying it. And he wrote it, so he would enjoy it. But yeah, anyway, um, what one of the rumoured main events for that as well is also a Drew McIntyre versus Tyson Fury. Also, no thank you. Yeah, uh, God, yeah, don't want that. Uh, is there any like Welsh celebrities who could do a wrestle? Charlotte Church, Gold Looking Chain. Um... Oh, have Goldie Looking Chain have like a rap battle with someone? <laughs> I'd pay good money for that. I have a Gold Looking Chain there. I might go. That's the only way you get me there. I mean, I'm I'm literally the only reason I'm considering going is because progress and the show the next day. Could they not get like a rugby player or something? Like loads of rugby players, surely. Just some big, just get some big hench Welsh fella called Gavin. Yeah, basically, yeah. The come in and just body fucking. I don't know who, who did they like getting bodied? Sami Zayn. What's up? <laughs> um, anyway, let's let's keep up the um, let's keep up the uh, trend of really <laughs> badly kept surprises, shall we? Uh, to the surprise of absolutely no one. Roman Reigns versus The Rock has planned for the main event of WrestleMania 39 with the undisputed WWE Universal Championship on the line. They need to, they need to shorten that. That's so hard to fucking say. That's like um, the worst name for anything ever. I, I've had I've had just one sip of beer and I struggle with that. <laughs> um, this indicates there are no plans for Roman to drop the belt before then. It was also heavily implied that it was going to be happening at WrestleMania on uh, this week's episode of Young Rock. Make sure Sarah didn't hear me say that because I will fucking die if she 
if she's got spoilers from that. Oh, no, she's already seen it. Well, she's seen that oh, scene. Anyway. Yeah. God. It's fine. That's all right. I, I, <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't want the hell of either. She told me about the other day, and I was like, really? Like, they're, they're teasing this on Young Rock? I, I, I literally, like, saw this. So I, I have Bleacher Report on my phone, and every night no- I get, like, notifications from, like, various things, usually my beloved Newcastle United. Occasionally I get stuff from AW and WWE as well. Uh, also, occasionally, a good friend of the podcast, Phil Lindsay, writes articles on there. They're very good. Oh, he does. Uh, it usually, they piss people off as well, which makes me happy. Because uh, then you just see Phil just like tri- trying to put fires out on Twitter. <laughs> um, big old Phil Lindsay. He's fucking great. Go follow him. Listen to Grapp's the podcast as well. They're yeah, he's much, a good follow. Get on him on Twitter. Absolutely. Much more professional than us. Um, he doesn't do any swears. Uh, he doesn't. He, he doesn't do as many swears. He doesn't. He doesn't do any swears on his podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, what was the point I was making? Yeah. So I got the notification saying um, <laughs> the Rock teases the match of Roman on Young Rock. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> and I saw the clip and I was like, I was just looking at it like none of that ever happened. None of this ever happened. So hang on, we we need to rewind here. Um, like. Selector and um, focus on two things. What we touched on briefly is universe, sorry, undisputed WWE Universal Championship is yeah, shite. Who the fuck came up with that name? Um, well, I mean, they've got to say it's undisputed. Can they not just call it the undisputed WWE Championship? I've actually already done that one, mate. But why, um, why, why use the phrase, uni- why use Universal, which is one of the belts, but not World, which is the other one of the belts? Why, why keep just the one? The thing called the fans are stupid because I mean they watch that shit every week because they um, enjoyed WrestleMania 38. Yeah, and because of that, they need to point out every single little aspect of that belt, otherwise they're not going to understand. It's the same reason why they show recaps for like ninety uh, percent of the shows they put up. Not have they, they, have they got a new belt, or is it, is it just two belts? Nah, it's just all two belts at the moment. Right, okay. Uh, so you also know, let's let's, do, let's go on to the second point of contention here. Um, there are no plans for Roman to drop both belts until next year's WrestleMania. Don't worry about it. Um, I mean, I bet Cody's fucking fuming about <laughs> Cody's just just spontaneously weeping Cody, in the trailer on the Cody bus. wringing his hands going, I need to win that belt. Um, I mean, are you surprised? They, they've... They've, they've said before, now they want Roman to be this generation's Bruno Sammartino, which means yeah. he is holding that belt for a minimum of three to four years. Yay. Right, Ryan said he, he thinks The Rock's going to win. I, I've, I've got some bad news for Ryan, but I might I might just wait to tell him when he's in LA about to watch the match. Let, let him down gently. Uh, I mean, I, I was saying to you that because Ryan and Troy are going next year, and I was saying to them, if I go, I'm probably not going to go to WrestleMania mm. because one, I've done it, and it, it's great. I'd do it again. But two, I just don't really find anything compelling right now enough. Within WWE, I don't find anything compelling enough for me to want to go to a WrestleMania. Whereas GCW Collective, on the other hand, yeah. Super God of Honor, that the fact that they're going as well makes me think. Well, at least I'm going on a holiday with my mates. Um, 
and then I can laugh at them when they they come out of WrestleMania really disappointed that I've been watching it and like. Sorry, you mean when, when, when Troy comes out full of that copium and says it was brilliant, and then like three days later realizes it was awful. Yeah, <laughs> quickly goes from oh, it was a really good show to it was all right. I'm shite. That being said, that being said, actually, Troy was shitting on the rumble before I could even fucking do it. Yeah, fair. Troy said the only reason the rumble was good was because we all watched it together. We watched Aaron fall asleep. Was Aaron fall asleep? We got to chop Ryan. Got to chop Troy as well. Got to chop Troy. Yeah, that hurt more though. Yeah, that 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 one was fun though. <laughs> yeah, right then. Moving on, then we'll move on to something about something something less obvious. Um, so a bit of contract extension news here. So the former Mei Ying and Karen Q, Wendy Chu. So I mean, this, this is already concerning. She's had three different gimmicks already. Um, but anyway, uh, well, Wendy... Karen, Karen Q was the name on the Indies. Arthur, uh, Wendy Chu signed an extension with WWE in 2021, apparently, uh, following her performance in the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. Fightful was contacted by higher up in WWE, who noted that the company quote locked her down with a new deal last year. Well, the length of the contract has not been revealed. According to Fightful, they've learned that Tube was offered a new deal before, well before returning to WWE television as a member of Tian Sha. And that was the one where her and that fellow were getting battered all the time on it. No, no, she was the spooky woman who sat on the throne. Oh, was it? Oh, I can't even keep up with this shit. Um, yeah, yeah, so, like, that Zia Lee and Bauer were the two that were getting battered. Oh, she was, yeah, she was the one who just sat there, like, um, shouting. Yeah, mate. Mei Ying was the one who was sat at the at the top of the ramp in the chair and she'd spit mist on people and like choke them and throw them off the ramp and shit. Yeah. So he said the deal wasn't signed until much later. The Mei Ying gimmick and the Tia character were said to have been personal favorite to Triple H and had the backing of Shawn Michaels. However, when the former fell out of power in NXT and experienced health issues, the gimmick was scrapped without explanation. Obviously, it didn't carry on to the NXT 2.0, did it? Um, no, no. No, it's high- in NXT 2.0. The higher-ups that we spoke to said it was evident that she would excel when provided with the right opportunity, and they're happy with her performance. So she's doing, for anyone who's not aware, she's doing like almost a, a sort of Orange Cassidy-esque gimmick. Sort of, but she like wrestles in a onesie. And just has a just, nap every now and then. She just naps everywhere. Like she either sits in the crowd and has a nap. Uh, there was one, one where she was like napping on top of lockers while people were having a conversation, and then she just interrupted. Yeah. It, it's... It does kind of feel like WWE trying to just do Orange Cassidy's gimmick and we're going, oh, so he's sleepy. We can make people sleepy. And yeah, just like, they can't make I've seen Raw. Make yeah. me, they make me real sleepy. Yeah. I, 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 I stayed up for a Raw once. <laughs> Never again. Uh. Yeah, so yeah, fair play. Good good on Wendy. Uh, go get go get, get the bag. Um she's she's she seems fine. She seems like again, it seems one of those where like despite the gimmick to give her, she always does a decent job with it. So that's that's pretty cool. She's an she's an incredibly talented wrestler. Like I remember remember watching her when she was just doing a Karen Q like from the Indies gimmick uh, in the Mate Young Classic and she was fucking awesome. Fair enough. Um she she was unfortunate enough to break her leg not long after that. Oh, right. but all, good, good Twitter follow because her and Martin Bivens are like mortal enemies. So, oh, nice. You got a few of them every now and again. Uh, moving on, uh, this was literally just announced before we started, um, and I'm I'm actually going to check this out. Uh, 
WWE have announced that a new episode of Table for Three will premiere on Peacock on April 22nd. The episode will feature Kurt Angle, Chad Gable, and Otis. Oh, sad Jason Jordan is. It's just the grapple boys talking about the graps. Yeah, no Jason Jordan, which is upsetting. Well, you know, he's probably behind the camera directing it. Kurt leaving his son at home. I, I do hope Jason Jordan will, can wrestle again one day because he's so fucking good. He bought so he, he'd be brought him with him. Got my kids, many. <laughs> got him one of those little ones you have to call in. <laughs> but no, this would be really, yeah, you said this would be really fun. Um, it'd be nice to see Otis like out of character. I mean, well, I'm, you say that, but until he like become fucking Alpha Academy, he was very much always like out of character. Yeah. Uh, apparently, and, and he, um, it's a question that when we finally do a certain interview that Troy's been promising us for quite some time, uh, but it will be getting recorded at this time of the night. Uh, it, it's it's a question I'm very much going to be asking. What, how much of is just character? Well, I've heard that his heavy machinery character was pretty much a shoot. Really? Jesus. Yeah, which, I mean... <laughs> Yeah, sure. Why not? So, yeah, this will be interesting to see, like, what, what sort of, what's of Otis turns up for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chad Gable, as well, seems like a guy who'd, who'd be a fascinating conversation because he's, again, him and Otis Chad- are both, they've, they've had these, like, extensive amateur backgrounds, haven't they? And they've, they've had a long route through wrestling to get here. Yeah, Chad Gable should really be, like, where Kurt Angle was at this point in his career. Yeah. Um, oh, sorry, not even at this point in his career because at this point in his career, Kurt Angle was in TNA, fucking packed up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he should have been like a, a former a world champion, like oh, main event player. He's literally like exactly what Kurt Angle was in the attitude here. Yeah, like he, he can do like the goofy comedic sort of like he like heel. He can do like intense fucking baby face. He he's literally like exactly what Kurt Angle was in the attitude like, here. The whole ready, willing, and gable stuff like really got me in NXT. I really love that. I was big into that. Oh man, American Alpha were one of my favourite tag teams in NXT. Like, but he, even before they were together, when he was like petitioning Jason Jordan all the time to be his tag partner, it was just oh, it was so good. Yeah. I again, I had to um, when we did our NXT Tier Maker, uh, which I believe we released a couple of days ago on Saturday on the, the YouTube. I was like the two teams I had to like, absolutely fight for the revival and American Alpha. Because funnily enough, um, Dax says that his favourite ever match was against. Uh, American Alpha. I'm not surprised because they had um, two absolute classics. Mm. Um, I, I imagine Dax has, I think Dax has changed his mind on that, hasn't he? I think now he says the Briscoes. I was going to say, didn't he say the Briscoes was the best match he ever had? Yeah. Uh, right now we'll move on to some slightly less positive news. Uh, former WWE star Virgil has revealed that he has had two massive strokes and has recently been diagnosed with dementia. Damn. That just, that just sucks, doesn't it? I know Virgil, he's a bit of a meme, isn't he? Like, you know. But he's always he's always been, like, quite a good sport about the whole, like, his whole character, isn't he? Which has been quite nice to see yeah. throughout his career. And, yeah, I um... wish him all the best and, you know, hope he, he has a long and, and comfortable later life. Yeah, one of my favorite videos on um, which I've I've watched recently actually is um, Scott Hall at a convention going up to Virgil's uh, 
like sort of like gimmick stand and just reviewing everything. <laughs> and he's like, he's like going, oh look, like you, there's, there's pictures. You're selling pictures of Mike Tyson here. You are too much. <laughs> it, it's really funny. Just just Google Scott Hall Virgil. But yeah, I'm, Virgil's like, as I say, he's a fucking meme. But yeah, makes the most of it. Always working. I, when he um, after love of the at the first for love of the love of, for the love of wrestling, Tegan J. <laughs> I remember walking down um the waterfront like by the arena and looking over the road and seeing Virgil walking to the casino <laughs> and being like yeah that doesn't surprise me yep, live the gimmick living the gimmick um, yeah great great like the legendary wrestling star that is Virgil um, yeah sorry to hear that um, moving on uh, NXT star LA Knight yeah uh, appeared in a dark match before uh, segments, sorry, I should say, before Raw's, ad- Friday's, fucking LJ, before Friday's edition of SmackDown in a managerial role while wearing a suit, Knight cut a promo announcing the following, uh, the, follow- the founding of Knight Model Management and introduced former Retribution member Mace as his first client, which he, who he did re- rename Face. Yes, I saw that. <laughs> Mace went on to defeat Eric of the Viking Raiders with a leg lariat. I mean, um, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot to get into there. There's a lot to, to pick apart here. Yeah, I mean, it's mad that LA Knight's literally just been made to look like he can fucking go toe to toe with fucking Walter. Sorry, ring ring under general. Um, can go toe to toe with him, who's like one of the most dominant forces in WWE, and then he's getting called up as a manager. Yeah, I saw someone on the internet made a point, and it's like, is this what? Is this what they were trying to get Keith Lee and Adam Cole to do? Um, probably something along the lines of that. Yeah, I don't think it would have been the modeling agency. No. I think something different. But man, like it is. It is weird that they're getting like some of these guys who like go in the ring like LA Knight, like Pete Dunne, and the using them sparingly in the ring. Yeah, they, they, I mean... They did you, it with Leo Rush as well. Yeah, you know, I mean, you'd like to think at some point LA Knight gets to wrestle, but... I mean, I don't have any faith. You're talking to the uh, you're talking to the spurned here. Like, I'm not going to tell you that it's all going to be all right for him. Yeah, um, I'm unsure about that as well. But yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't watch... I don't watch WWE. The Viking Raiders are they, are they fucked now? Like, what's what's the situation with them? Oh, they they've been that way for a while, mate. Remember, remember War Machine? Sad War Machine noises. Like, are they, are they just a joke now? Like, is that is that it? Mace, remember Mace, the Retribution guy? Yeah, we all love Mace. I think it'd be all right. He's a big lad. It can't get any worse for him, can it? For Mace, like. He's very entertaining, actually, because um, he's a, a fucking huge nerd. Um, yeah, which is Dio Madden, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So he's uh, part of uh, Xavier Woods's um, D&D crew. Oh, nice. When they're playing it on, um, which I can't remember the name of, actually. Big respect. It's only him and uh, T-Ball left now, isn't it? From Retribution? Yeah. Yeah, Slap Not To Me, you got released. Um, 
Ali's about. Well, he's in he's in contract jail, isn't he? So he's he's in there. Uh, pack purgatory, as they call it. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm guessing that's just packs flat. I'm guessing he's just turned up at Newcastle and packs flat, and he just sat there on the oh, sofa. Imagine just him, him walking in like, "What's this?" And packs just sat there going, "You're right, lad. Funny <laughs> <Body>, lad. <laughs> I want some brood here." Just fucking just glaring at him, chewing on a glass bottle. <laughs> um, I am uncorruptible. So yeah, we'll move on then to the, the final piece of WWE slash NXT news. It's also another head scratcher. Uh, so the Wrestling Observer newsletter has reported that Vince McMahon no longer wants people using their real names or names they've used previously on the independent scene, which is a way of explaining a lot of the recent name changes. Uh, adjacent to the story, Mike Johnson at PW Insider has reported that Casey Catanzaro and Kaylee Ray have been un- have undergone name changes. Catherine Zara will now reportedly go by the name Katana Chance, while Kaylee Ray will be using the word name Alba Fire. Yay. I mean, it's not like... It's not like Kaylee Ray has been like the fucking longest reigning NXT UK Women's Champion or anything. No, I mean, these names are rather straight out of like, like J.K. Rowling could come up with better names than this. It's literally like they've got a random word generator. It's like, oh, Katie Catanzaro, she was in Ninja Warrior. Okay, Ninja Katana, there you go. Chance, oh yeah, Katana Chance, boxed it. Uh, Katie Ray, Alba Fire. Alba is literally the um, the Gaelic name for Scotland. So, so it's literally like, yeah, like this translating Gaelic to Scotland Fire. Yeah. I'd say it's like, it's like, it'd be like if they called Pete Dunn, like Albion Hastings or something like that. Pete Dunn's real name is Peter England. They could have called him. They could, they could, they could have rolled with that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I hate this. I hate this. Just, I, I hate the fact that they have like just random ass fucking names. These people. I hate that they they have the. I, I was gonna say audacity, but I'm gonna say arrogance instead. To think that people are nobodies until they signed with WWE and then they get given this their fucking. Repackaging by Vince McMahon himself it really unsettles me in a way. Like it's very 1984. It's very like, oh yeah, no, it's yeah. just there's nothing before this. Don't worry about it. They were they weren't wrestling anywhere else. They didn't have a career before they came here. They just, they just mean, appeared here like I'm ready to go. So there's, there's literally two people left on the roster who have got the three. Sorry, and I imagine change a brewing with them who've got the name from the Indies. What AJ Styles? AJ Styles, that ain't happening, is it? Like, no, he's, 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 he's probably safe, I think. Yeah, Ricochet, he's probably safe. He's Intercontinental Champion at the moment. Yeah. And let's face it, with Ricochet, you just forget about him. It's not like he's fucking... Yeah, they're just, they're just stop putting him on telly. It's fine. Yeah. Nakam- oh, there's four, actually. Nakamura, which gives me the fucking fear every day whenever I think about Sh- Shinsuke Nakamura. And uh, Champa? Yeah. He'll be, he'll be, like I said, he'll be like he'll be Tommy Blackheart in like two weeks' time. Don't worry about it. He's been, he's been called up to Raw now, so I imagine any minute now. I mean, they they did just take like drop the Austin from Austin Theory. Yeah, 
it's uh, it just it boggles the mind. Like I say, it's just it's like you said, it's 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 arrogance, it's it's everything, it's everything I hate. I mean, and I, I'm not yeah. saying this, I'm not saying this is like a, a card carrying AW mark, but the difference in the two companies where one will acknowledge people's careers and name check the other companies they worked for and, and it, just embrace even... just embrace wrestling history because it's important. I was gonna say it's not even just like a WWE AEW thing though, is it? Like New Japan don't fucking do that. New the only thing New Japan do of that like of that ilk really is with the young lions where they'll send them out to go on excursion and then when they get back they'll they'll like slightly either slightly change the name and gimmick or well they'll they'll have a gimmick and they'll either they'll either slightly change the name or they'll completely change them. But that's the whole point of the young lion thing though. It's like a rump ringer. It's like it's meant to be them going out into the world to find themselves. Yeah, and then they come back with a bet, like because of Carter said, like even though, like his time in TNA was disastrous from a wrestling standpoint, he credits it with like he said if he didn't go to America at that time and, and be in an American wrestling, company, he would never have come up with a rainmaker gimmick. Like it was being in TNA that showed him that he needed something else, you know, something different, like a green horn, a gimmick. Yeah, like a green, yeah. like being a Carter, yeah, like mm. a Cardo. Sorry, what's his name? Wasn't it? Which is uh, aren't, aren't they the people who, who deliver for MS? Um, no, it was a Carto because they changed a car there to a Carto because it's Kato. Yeah. Who he was meant to be. Oh, that was a wild um, time when I need to do I need to do a video about that. Like Samoa Joe I, getting a Carter to spy on DeAndre De Niro. I, I feel like this is a series we need to do. <laughs> like we need to get Troy involved in it so we can <sighs> Just break both. Troy's brain with like nonsense Hulk Hogan TNA <laughs> stuff. Oh so, so he understands why we're the way we are. And why Aaron's the way he is. <laughs> um, yeah. Introduce him to the nonsense that is TI. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if all wheels wrestling was anything to go by. Yeah, you got to kick out of that. Uh, yeah, yeah, so yeah, to wrap this up, um, stupid unnecessary name changes, but hey, that's the reality of the situation in WWE now. Mad Uncle Vinny is decreed. In the, way, the actual article used the word decree. Is it ran decreed that he doesn't want anybody using their, um, their, old, their own names? Is WWE a cult? No, it's a dictatorship. Is it a dictatorship it's, and a cult? It's a product created for an audience of one. I mean, yeah, I mean the fucking fam. Some of the fans are like like a cult. To be it's, fair, it's, it's just yeah, it's just it's just scary. Gotta go on, gotta go on Twitter and just say something negative about WWE and wait for the fucking cult worships to come, like in fucking Resident Evil Four, the monks. <laughs> Chatting at you before before the head explodes. Uh, anyway, let's move on to uh, the happy factory of AW and Tony Khan, shall we? But first, do we have any music? Yes. Um, we'll just give it just just give it like a five second break. So I'll edit this around. So. Okay, then we'll move on to AEW slash Ring of Honor news. Jay, do you want to take the first piece? Let's do it. So Fightful have confirmed that friend of the podcast, Jonathan Gresham, and Gates of Agony, which is also friend of the podcast, Toa Leona and Khan. Have oh, they, sat- are, they are they are huge boys, aren't they? Gates of Agony. Yeah. Khan's Khan's abs look like a fist punching out of his, <laughs> his fucking shit. It's awesome. He's so cool. Um uh yeah, they're all signed to AEW contracts, uh, but they will largely be appearing for Ring of Honor. Uh, that seems to be the way going forward that 
I'll be signing an AW contract, uh, which obviously it's all the same company anyway. Yeah. Uh, and essentially being like almost like subletted to Ring of Honor or like Sub- subcontracted out. That's the word. Subcontracted. I couldn't think. Sublet. What that? Either Holly Home or something. Just like. Yeah. Um, just building like a, a little uh, little coffee shop pop up next to where the gates of agony. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean this this is this is wonderful news. Uh, Gresham, I mean we know Gresham's been sort of adjacent. He's, this has been this has been coming for a while, hasn't it? For Gresham, obviously he's ring around a champion. Intra- I mean I know um, Greg been rumored to have been signed since the Tuesday before terminus. The reason I say the Tuesday before terminus. Because that's the day me and Troy interviewed him when he was going to the airport. And I was like, <laughs> the fuck are you off to? You're in Atlanta. Your show's in Atlanta. It's interesting, isn't it, as well? Um, I know, obviously, they, they debuted at Supercard of Honor. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting that Gates of Agony, the second, like, announced, well, not announced, but, like, sort of confirmed signing. Because... Well, I mean, I, I, guess... I know they came in. It's, like, a big part of the angle with Tully. But it's they obviously have a lot of faith in them if they're, if they're signing them up early. Yeah, I, I guess that, like, uh, excuse me. I guess that Tully's kind of faction there, Tully Blank Rise, is going to be largely the focal point of Ring of Honor, or at least at least the Ring of Honor mid card scene. Um, well, don't forget, FTR fired Tully, and now he's got a big buff tag team to come take the Ring of Honor title. Yeah, I, think, I think they're the guys who are going to probably take the belts off FTR. Um, and then obviously he's brought in Samoa Joe, who's going to be, who's already said he's going to be wrestling both of them. He uh, wants all the belts, apparently. Yeah, Ring of Honor TV champion right now, so definitely going to be returning to Ring of Honor as Ring of Honor's ring. Um, and then obviously we've got like the likes of um, Jay Lethal, who was back and forth, Lee Moriarty, Swerve. Uh, who else? Uh, oh, uh, Willow and Mercedes. Yeah. Um, obviously, I think Daniel Garcia is going to pop up there sooner rather than later. Yeah. Be rude not to. Um, yeah, I, I think... And then a, a certain a certain Mr. Mr. Brooks, maybe. Mr. 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 Brooks. Mr. Danielson as well, maybe. Yeah. Oh, can you imagine if, if Punk or Daniel turn up in a ring on a pay-per-view, like unannounced, the place would just explode. I honestly thought one of them would have been showing up at Supercard. Instead of Joe. Instead of Joe. But mm. then Joe showing up, I was like, yeah, you know what? <laughs> this is also fine. It's 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 all right. Or it, uh, like it it's that's the thing. There's like the kind of like the three sort of like main guys of Ring of Honor. Like the three biggest names of Ring of Honor history. Yeah. And Toby's got them all under the same roof again. And Ring of Honor. All you gotta do now is sign Will and Nightingale, and that will and we'll call it we'll call it a day. He needs to hurry up and fucking do that. Yeah, that'd be that'd be Bring perfect. Um, yeah, I mean, we we were talking about this, and we like, well, we we spoke about it ad nauseum at this point. Um, that there's a lot of guys on that AW and girls on the AW roster, um, who could definitely you could definitely see like making the jump over to ROH and having like a little run there. Treat it almost like, kind of in a way, the way like WWE've been using NXT recently, in the sense that there's people like Dolph Ziggler and Natalia who weren't really doing much 
on the main roster. So they've sent them over to NXT to kind of just do like dip the toe in. Yeah. Get a little bit um little bit of momentum behind them. Give uh, the guys and girls there a rub. Yeah, it's makes sense, doesn't it? All right, all right. Right, so moving on then. Uh, another new face around the AW locker room. According to PW Insider, former WWE producer Pat Buck has joined AEW as a producer. He worked as a producer backstage on Wednesday night's Dynamite and was backstage at last week's Dynamite as well. Uh, obviously, Pat Buck, he finished up with the company with WWE after WrestleMania. Uh, interestingly, he said that the reason he wanted to leave WWE was because he wanted to spend more time with his family. So obviously, AEW have a schedule that allows him to be able to do that a lot more, presumably, you'd like to think. Uh, yeah, well, like they, they said, basically, AEW schedule, other than um, when they've got like the specials and like pay-per-view week and live rampages, which live rampages seem a bit more like the go-home episodes and stuff like, stuff like that, don't they? Um, it's largely a one-day week. Yeah, I mean, even this week when there was two extra shows, well, they had the live Rampage and Battle of the Belts, it was still two nights, wasn't it? It was yeah, damp- yeah Dynamite one night and then Rampage, Battle of the Belts another night, so. Yeah, and even when you look at, like, being the elite, they only really act like... Oh. Excuse me. Um, they only really act like pay-per-view week is when it's kind of the, the biggest slug. Yeah. Like, I remember the book saying, oh, yeah, we, we've not been over, like, 10 days and I was like oh that that's like a long time for them now um, yeah and that, that's it's great to say obviously you know, yeah, I know so many people who've come out of WB on both sides of the camera have said that like the schedule is just barbaric and it, it's like it's super hard especially if you've got family and you've got kids and you know you want to spend time with, with your family so it's good to see that you know there's another company people can go to and still make a decent living where they don't have to like work themselves to the bone yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, and it, it also gives them the freedom to go and do outside dates as well. Like, yeah. he's got a lot of where he's been doing since he's like, well, since his 90 days come up and he's been all over the fucking place. Yeah. Been all over the place recently. And then obviously, the guys like uh, Wheelie Utah, uh, Daniel Garcia, uh, Moriarty, you all do like the rounds as well everywhere. So, yeah, it's um, definitely understandable why you'd want to leave a job where you're basically like on the road like five days a week to one where he's literally working one day a week and he's got time to like invest in like a wrestling school and everything else. Yeah. Um, so, yes, moving on. Um, since Wednesday night's AEW Dynamite finish, uh, Grapsody's Will Washington revealed that much of the motivation to debut Satnam Singh was to bridge a gap between AEW, Eurovision and Discovery and help the Indian market expand. Fightful Select spoke to numerous members of the roster, uh, none of which thought the debut was executed well, but many of which believed that the business side of the decision was a good one. Uh, several members of the roster reacted to reception from most fans and echoed that sentiment with multiple indicating that it was a matter of circumstance that made it fall flat from the position on the show to from the position on the show to the lights off lights on appearance of Satnam Singh. One wrestler said that doing a lights out for an unknown talent isn't optimal and thinks it should have been done another way. There was some some optimism from some that they spoke to um 
with everything they've heard from in everything they've heard from indicating that they'd heard since the debut that it was a business move to um, help the company in India. Still none of the roster that um, Fightful did speak uh, hear back from felt the uh, execution was the way it should have been. One indicated that if accelerating the market in India would help out the salary come contract renewal time, they're willing to accept the bad debut. Um, they also spoke to multiple wrestlers who trained with Satnam Singh or seen him train. One stated that he's been doing good so far and has been training every day for the last eight, eight months and has some tricks up his sleeve um, that will surprise some people. All of those that uh, Fightful spoke to have claimed Singh had a good attitude and a willingness to learn has been working hard. It's important to note that when uh, polling talent backstage regarding the segment, much of it is subjective and it only reflects those they've heard from as opposed to the locker room in general sense. Um, obviously, a lot to digest there. Uh, I didn't... We, we haven't done the AW review yet. We're probably going to do that on Wednesday, aren't we, I imagine? Um, I think so, yeah. Given we're busy tomorrow. Um, yeah, I, I didn't hate this debut. I, I understand the negativity with the whole lights on, lights off thing. Or lights off, lights on thing, sorry. Because uh, when the lights went off, I was like, I, and instantly my mind was like, okay, this is someone big. And while it was someone big. Uh, in, a, in a literal sense. In a literal sense. And I, I knew I knew he was because obviously when he got signed, I, we were doing the news, so I kept an eye on it. Um, and also he did... Play, he played for the Dallas Mavericks as well, didn't he? Well, he was drafted, but he didn't ever play for them. All oh, right, okay. He, um, never made, he never made our like developmental out of like the, the, the sort of farm system. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I do, I do kind of agree with the sentiment that the lights off, lights on thing should be like, like for example, look at when Malachi debuted. Yeah. Which I believe was the last time they've done it. And also, I think so. Yeah. It's very like synonymous with Malachi, as well, isn't it? Like, lights off, lights on is. Yeah, it's all the House of Black have been doing it as like a thing. Everything. It's like it's well, it was um, Buddy and Brody were both lights on, lights off. They were. So all the House of Black debuts were were, were lights off moments. Um, yeah, I mean, we we haven't talked about this week's Dynamite. We haven't done the review yet, but I felt that the the Rampage segment presented much better. Battle of the Belts. Yeah, Battle of the Belts. Sorry, yeah. Um, I, I agree. Uh, they allowed him to do because even like his uh, his offense looked quite sloppy. Well, he, he did the head squeeze, didn't he? Which is like, which gives you the fear when you see a big man doing it. Because it's like, oh shit, you can't do anything else. That's why they make you do that. Yeah, but like when when he like thrown Joe in the steps, I thought, oh god, that doesn't look too good. And he did like a clothesline to Joe, and it didn't look too good. Whereas the people he had actually like bumping and feeding for him this time um, like like Lee Moriarty and uh, Matt did Top Flight come and make the save as well? No no Gresham it was Gresham Moriarty Seidel and then Joker at the end who did he double choke for? it was the boys it was the boys he killed the boys that piece of shit no um, I mean the, the visual of him like on his knee like on one knee like Goozle and Gresham and still being taller than was phenomenal. Yeah, the I love the visual of him as well in walking in the ring and Gresham just stood there looking up at him. Yeah, like half his height. I was like, Jesus yeah. Christ. Um 
it, yeah, it was really well done. Uh, there was the bit as well where he got like the head claw on Gresham, but he was slamming his head into the mat. Yeah. Which, I mean, when we talk about our next thing, that's probably not the best thing he could have done. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like it, it, it definitely, definitely impressed me when he did the attack on Battle of the Belts. Yeah. And he, he looked, he looked, he, it, it allayed a lot of my fears in Battle of the Belts, I think. I think. Yeah. Oh, I mean, when I, when I read this uh, this piece because this come out on Thursday, and as I say, I didn't I didn't think it was a terrible debut. I didn't think it was the most impactful debut. I don't think it was. I definitely don't think it was the best debut. Either. I mean, Bully Ray on the on his radio show compared it to Katie Vick, which is just ludicrous. That's that's fucking ridiculous. That they're like they're like two completely like different things. I'd, I'd go as far as saying it wasn't. I mean, I don't so, even think I don't even think it's as bad as the fake dark or the punches. No, I don't, and I don't think it was as bad as when Butcher and Blade debuted and Excalibur just said, "Oh, look who it is!" and like expected <laughs> us to know, and no one knew who the fuck it was. Yeah, yeah, and it, but he said it then matter of factly, and it was like yeah. for me that was a bad debut because. I knew who the blade was when he took his mask off. But I didn't have a fucking clue. I knew who the I knew the butcher was when he came out the ring, but I didn't know he was a wrestler at the time. I was like, oh, that's Sandy Williams for every time I die. What's he doing here? <laughs> that's big sexy butch. Yeah. But like I I I definitely do, I definitely think people are blown out of proportion. And I think part of it comes down to the fact that obviously like on the WWE side of things, they've had like the really good debut Cody or Return of Cody. On the AEW side of things, they've had some fucking awesome debuts recently. So for yeah. as someone who's a relatively unknown to just show up with little to no fanfare, but be treated like a massive deal. Yeah, I can see why people would be annoyed by it. And to his credit as well, Tony Khan has um, he, he had a discussion with some fans on Twitter, mm-hmm. saying like he, he they they were in a production meeting with like all the production crew and everyone. This was the idea that people pushed to him, and he, he went with it. And none of them saw that it could have been an issue. And it's it's on all it's everyone's fault. Like everyone sort of was responsible for, for sort of botching it, not botching it, but you know what I mean. But like right. not, not thinking about it the way they yeah. should have. Well, he said that the lights off. Lights on was pitched to him by someone who'd been in wrestling for thirty years. Yeah. Now, not many people, not many of them fucks through in AEW, is there? Well, the production crew, yeah. There's like Jerry Lynn, Team Malenko. It was C- Jerry Lynn. CD. Can confirm it was not Jerry Lynn. Right. Because it got reported erroneously that it was Jerry Lynn, and then Fightful had to like issue an apology. Oh, fair enough. Because they were like, it wasn't Jerry Lynn. We got a bad story and we accidentally ran it. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not interested, not interested in the way. I don't care who, whose idea it was. I'm not interested in the witch hunt, but. No. Uh, I, I, the thing is, as well, like, which we, people always fucking forget, AEW is still a, com- a company within their infancy. Mm. They've, they've been doing this for what, three years? Yeah. Um, 
they've got people who have worked in wrestling for decades and they've got people who've worked in wrestling since the inception of AEW. Yeah. Got people who worked in wrestling because it's their first job in wrestling. Um and a lot of this it it's very much a learning experience. And I think I think that as I say, it'll come with time. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's good that they're making mistakes because it means they, they now know not to do that again. Yeah. Uh, right, then we'll move on to a little bit of a quick-fire round here, almost. So, Fightful Select has posted some news and notes from the Battle of the Belcher. We'll, we'll run, instead of running through them all, I think we'll take them one at a time and we'll have a little chat about them we'll move on to the next okay. one, if that makes more sense. Um, so, first of all, that's what you alluded to earlier. Um, we were told that Jonathan Gresham had to be checked out for a concussion following his match with Dalton Castle. He wasn't immediately cleared, and they haven't heard of his status. Uh, they were told it happened on the gut wrench spot early in the match. So we can crack this up a bit further, a bit slightly further news. Uh, Gresham was supposed to be in the UK for progress uh, this weekend, but he had he to pull out He was not medically cleared to travel. Yeah. Uh, um, obviously, if you've not seen the spot, uh, Dalton Castle did like a gut wrench slam, and he sort of dropped him on like his head and shoulder. Yeah, like he dropped them on top of his head. Um, yeah, hopefully he has a speedy recovery. Yeah, it, I, mean, it's, I mean, the way he landed, it could have been much worse. Yeah, the fact that he was able to carry on, hopefully indicates that it was just a precaution and maybe he's, he's a lot better than a lot of people think. Um, yeah. but another note on Dalton Castle. Uh, we have not been told if Dalton Castle has signed with AEW or Ring of Honor as of yet. I'm not entirely sure. Do you think he will first? I think he will. I'd love him to. I really enjoy Dalton Castle. I, mean, I, I feel I feel like the fact that like the the presence. Well, the, the, first of all, the fact that he went from being on the pre-show of Supercard of Honor in what was largely like it was it wasn't a nothing match because they did have history, but it wasn't really. It wasn't. A, it was. It wasn't a feature match, was it? You know. No, they didn't make a. They didn't make it a big deal. It's the fact that he's gone from that to be in, in the first like Ring of Honor championship match on AEW TV. Yeah. They've got to... There's got to be something there. Yeah, and I think his look is great, his gimmick's great, it really works on TV. He seems very well-liked amongst like the talent as well. Yeah. Um, I, 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 think, I think they'll sign him, whether... Because the other thing about Dalton Castle is obviously he's got like the whole like really flamboyant gimmick, but man, can he go? Yeah, oh yeah, he, he really can. Like, he, he can really. He, re- he wrestled Jonathan Gresham's match. He went toe to toe with Gresham for like fifteen minutes on AWTV. Yeah, and he did, didn't look out of place. Uh, right, moving on. Next one then. In the short term, we're told that Satnam Singh is to continue appearing on AEW programming, and those they spoke to had optimism he'd improve in his role. Which I mean, I think you can see already the the. The, the improvement from one show to the next, you know, um, people have said, like you said in the in the previous story, everyone who's seen him train has said he's really going to imp- he's really going to um, surprise some people with what he can do. Yeah, and I think as well he's got like he's got like a wealth of knowledge in people in that role of like the big man. Yeah, like Mark Henry's there, Paul White's there, you know, yeah. guys who can really help. And for a big for a large man, he moves very well. Yeah, yeah, he's, and he, he's even as well. Like, obviously, we just like mentioned Mark Henry and uh, Paul White, but let's not forget as well, like, some of the like the guys there who are just 
great minds like Regal, yeah, then Dean Malenko, Jake. Jake was a big guy, yeah. Um, and even the guys on the active roster, like guys like Lance Archer, yeah, Archer. Um, who else? There is someone else who's massive. But I suppose all the horses that there, just like Keith Lee. Keith Lee, yeah, even Keith Lee. Uh, yeah, so yeah, hopefully, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm tentatively excited about Saturn Singh, I think, is, is the way yeah, to describe I, it. I, I think he's definitely got potential. I think he, the problem he's got is he's now got an uphill battle because of the debut, but I feel like they did a really good job with damage control. Yeah. Upon his, uh, I think they, they really had to stick like the second appearance, and I think they did that. And I think if if, if, the, if it had gone badly again, it would have been you know, a slippery slope. But I think they've stuck the landing enough on the second attempt to, to give him a chance. Yeah, I agree. Uh, next up, then, uh, Thunder Rosa versus Nyla Rose wasn't planned to be a long-term feud, based on what Fightful have heard. And they were told that the opponent for Rosa for Double or Nothing, they've not been told the opponent for Rosa for Double or Nothing, but as of last week, it wasn't planned to be Nyla. Okay. I mean that's fair enough. I think Nyla's Nyla's in that slot now, and she where she's like a gatekeeper, like a one and done, like first boss sort of character. Yeah, I hope she gets another title reign eventually. Oh, she's, she's a treasure! Like that bit on Dynamite where she got the cake in the face and then like screamed at Rose. The jokes on you, I love cake. Yeah, <laughs> she's just fucking great. She's just <laughs> so funny. But I, I love a- I love her presentation with the purple hair. I think it looks so good on her. Oh, Venom gear. Yeah, that gear was, oof, it was shit. Yeah, she really looked great. Um, and yeah, she, she does deserve. It's just seeing where she slots in because, like, you know, that you think like Brit's going to come back and have another go at, at Thunder Rosa, probably. Yeah, like you got to think at some point they're going to put Jade up into that into that women's title picture. Just turn tie heel. Turn tight. Well, Ty's probably going to turn heel. No, she is heel. She is heel. Yeah, so you know that be that might be one next. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I feel as if there's plenty of like big names for Thunder Rosa to work her way through before she has to go back to Brit. Yeah, yeah, it's plenty. I mean, even like the likes of a uh, like Jamie Hayter. Mm-hmm. Plenty, plenty to get on with that. Uh, right, and then last up on this little fight for roundup, uh, apparently Ethan Page was legit busted open at the show. A battle of the belts and required six stitches to uh, to close up his wound. Um, I mean, you called this when we watched it live. You literally said, "Like Sammy yeah. was on the shooting stop rest the outside." And just, Sammy just elbowed him in the face. Yeah, the point of Sammy's elbow hit Ethan right in the eye. Uh, really nasty. It was um, right above his eye. I mean, it, it kind of played out really well because he cut that really awesome promo afterwards when he was just pissing blood everywhere. Yeah, Ethan Page is fucking great. I I, I said. Um, seven months ago actually thinking about it when like men of the year were kind of both sort of teasing about like taking the belt off Sammy and I said I'd be happy if either of them did but in my heart I really want Ethan because he's fucking awesome yeah and I feel like they might do it maybe it feels like they could easily turn and face and keep score up your heel oh, I mean I think Man of the Year kind of turned face by feud with Sammy. <laughs> the, the double turn is real. Even Dan Lambert gets cheered against fucking men, against Sammy, and that's saying something. Yeah. Um. 
Yeah, I mean, my, my kind of thing is is that they really need to get that belt away from Sammy. Well, I mean, they'll just put it on and make sure it's going to be tricky there, isn't it? Yeah, but it, I just feel like the whole, like, what to do. It, it's my, So on Twitter, I saw someone saying it's crazy how much the, tier, the TNT title's fallen since a contract dispute. So basically, since Cody, like, and Sammy hotshot the belt. Yeah. It just feels like it's lost a shit on the prestige. I told you, man, just get put it on Kip and then have Miro come back and murder Kip for it. I'll be down though. That's how you fix it. Well, put it, it, on it I mean, I'd say I'd say it's fallen in prestige since Miro dropped it. I think that's when it all started to go downhill. When he dropped it to Sammy. Yeah. No, I'm not sure. I'm not dissing on Sammy. I think Sammy's perfectly, perfectly fine wrestler. I just don't think it's had the same level of prestige since Miro let go. Just Miro like, drop the belt. Yeah, I agree. Miro was the last champion to really make it feel important. Sammy, the problem was Sammy won it, and then he was still in the inner circle, so he was... Yeah, it was just a prop in the inner circle feud with top, yeah. the top team. Yeah, and then Cody won it, and it was a bargaining chip to try and get him to stay with the company. And then Sammy won it back, and then lost it to Scorpio very fucking quickly. Yeah. And, and the then, fact that Scorpio lost it after like three weeks. It's yeah. kind of, Well, I mean, it's really disappointing for Scorpio. As I say, I I had a feeling that Ethan Page was going to win it off Sammy. I thought Sammy was going to retain against Cody instead of losing. And I thought Ethan Page was going to like win it off Sammy, but and maybe he will. But I just think that the feud that it's currently in, it's really not doing it any favours. It seems to be stuck in this like weird vortex of like bad booking, doesn't it? And it just can't escape. Oh, they just need to stop getting Sammy to fucking do shagwell. Yeah, around that note, do you want to move on to the final piece of news for the AEW section, Jay? And a nice positive one to finish with. Yeah, something that's going to make me very happy. And I'm going to be listening to this on the regs. Uh, William Regal is set to launch a new podcast alongside Comrade Thompson entitled The Gentleman Villain. The Gentleman Villain, William Regal, will be fe- featured in what will sh- what is sure to be one of the most talked about wrestling podcasts in the world, says the description. Regal, originally from Blackpool, England, will share stories of his teenage years spent traveling the roads of his native UK, wrestle- wrestling fellow wrestlers as well as strangers from out, out of the crowd as part of a touring carnival act. Regal and Thompson will also talk about his days traveling the world and winning champions in Europe the Middle East and Japan, before his career brought him to the big stages of WCW and WWE, where he won numerous numerous championships and accolades. Another topic will be Regal's run as general manager of Raw, his time as general manager of NXT, where he uh, helped develop the next generation of wrestling superstars. Oh, I mean, just inject that straight into my veins. That's just... I've, it's just everything I want in a podcast. The, have you listened to the Jericho podcast yet? Not yet, no. I, I need to get on that. That's, that's essential listening. And there is going to be a second part. I don't know when, but it's soon. Um, I mean, he's, uh, first of all, he's just, he's just got that voice. That was all day to start with. Yeah, he's like when you get to, when you get talking to someone at the pub and you can just you just kind of find yourself like losing hours just talking to this person. Yeah. Um, he's like one of those people. Um, 
he's tremendous. I, I love him. I love him dearly. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm definitely going to be listening to this on the regular. Yeah, I mean, it's for those of you who don't know. Um, in his early in his early days, Regal was he would shoot wrestle members of the public on on Blackpool mm-hmm. Promenade. Yeah, and he he'd, he'd also be that if he didn't if he didn't win, he'd lose his job. Yeah. So he would like it was like a, it was like a test your strength thing. He'd like members of the public would challenge him, and he would. And this was like a this is this harks back to like the early days of wrestling when it would it would be like a con show basically. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean Regal. If you want to talk about someone who's watched the wrestling world change around him and must have fascinating stories to tell about it, I mean this is going to be, like you say, essentialist. And this is going to be so rich with just information and history and everything. You know, you want to hear about him being in NXT. You want to hear about him, you know, touring the world, being in WWE. Oh, it's gonna, it's yeah. just going to be. It's going to be everything. It's going to have a load yeah. of everything. I mean, from the podcast he did with Jericho which if anyone listening hasn't listened to it like as I say it's essential listener it's really good um he, like some of the things he was saying which I didn't know about him like I even even like little things like he'd say that whenever um when he was in WCW whenever any cat any like foreign talent came in he'd greet them immediately make sure like he'd, he'd help them like with their affairs get their affairs in order like with accommodation uh, getting car, whatever. Mm. He'd be, he almost like a translator for them, even though he didn't speak the like native language. Yeah, but as, as someone who himself had come from another country to the US, he was yeah. like, oh, and that's what he said. It, that's why he said he did it because he was mm. like, I know, like being a stranger in a foreign land. It's just a lovely, like, also sense. On, on the topic of regal podcasts, um, if you check out his AW unrestricted podcast, make sure you check out the video version because he shows off his pet lizards. I will definitely be there with them. Yeah. Right, we'll take a quick break and then we'll come back with some news from the rest of the world. We'll wrap it up. Okay, we're back with the rest of the world wrestling news. Uh, we'll lead off with some Impact Wrestling contract news and notes. Uh, so first up, the Good Brothers, being Carl Anderson and Doc Gallows, have revealed that their Impact Wrestling contracts are up on the 17th of July, 2022. But they have stated that they are loyal to the company. So it's so probably a fairly decent chance they, uh, they resign, I'd imagine. Yeah, I imagine so. Um, yeah, the only, the only other place I could see them going, really, is New Japan. I don't think they go back to AW. And they'd not find it because it'd be an interesting one because I don't think they really fit in AW from like an in ring perspective, but obviously they're very good friends with the books and Kenny, so yeah, but they've kind of like run their course, yeah. I mean, they, they never, like you said, they, I don't think they ever really found their place in like on in like as, as in ring talent. There, I mean, they, no. they didn't really wrestle that much when they were there the last time, did they? So, no. Uh, right, one more piece of impact contract news, uh, Caleb with a K. Uh, Caleb Conley has finished up with Impact. So Conley's two-year run with Impact has come to an end, with Conley being written off on Impact TV on the fateful 14th edition before of Before the Impact. So Caleb was fired by the influence after Madison Rain defeated Jessica McKay. And as Caleb was ranting on the microphone about how he could replace the influence with anybody, W. Morrissey, the former Big Cass, appeared and powerbombed the lab manager and lifestyle coach through a table, writing him off with injury. Fair enough. But- yeah. I mean, I've got nothing to add there, really. Um, don't really know an awful lot about Caleb. 
he was I saw him when he was knocking around like impact on the pay-per-views we worked last year. He seemed fine. I'm sure he'll I'm sure he'll be all right. You'll you'll find a job somewhere. He's a decent wrestler. Like. Yeah. Bit, bit of a different like thing the Adam doing because instead of being just good wrestler, he was a he was fashion style person. Yeah, um, I thought like putting him with the influence was kind of made sense. Like it, it worked for both the gimmicks. It was it was, it was pretty smooth. Yeah, yeah I agreed. Um, moving on, this is this is going to get your uh, old pumpkin big tasty because uh, one it's about one of your favorites and someone who was becoming one of your favorites. Someone who left made a very big impression on me. Uh, Ring of Honor. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Johnny Gargano says that wrestling Brit Blake Christian. In GCW is something that could happen if the fans show enough interest. Um, recently, Blake Christian called out Johnny Gargano at GCW Paranoid. Christian was in NXT briefly with Gargano for a brief length of time. He was known as Trey Baxter, but he was not in WWE NXT long enough to get a match with Johnny Wrestling. Gargano said for fans to let him know. He also added that he was open to all all offers, be it WWE, AW, and New Japan Pro Wrestling. New Japan Pro Wrestling. Or the indies. Um, I'd love to see Gargano do a little run in GCW, you know. Think of the match he could have. Well, uh, Christian literally like retweeted uh, the, like a video clip of Gargano saying it was like on a podcast he said this. Um, and he just, just put in capital but letters, let him know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another, another little bit of Gargano news as well. Uh, yeah, as of today, Johnny Gargano has just been announced for Wales Conagon. Yeah. So if you want us, if you want to meet, I I have met him. I remember downloaded last day a couple of years ago, and I can confirm he's an absolute sweetheart. I mean, I want to know when TNT are going to book Johnny Gargano. <sighs> you imagine Gargano be, Hask- Gar- be Haskins for the Extreme title or for the um, X title? That'd be good. Do it. Do it, you cowards. Um, I I'd, I'd be down for seeing a Johnny Gargano vs Driller for the belt. Yeah, that'd be nice. And then bring in the or, brewery, do a little Q and A, and I'll just simp over him for like two hours. It'd be great. Or Gargano versus a man like Doris. That'd be good. I can get Gargano to stand next to his um his autograph, which I've framed. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean Gargano is great. Like I said, I'd love to see. I mean, everyone said he want they wanted him to, I, they want him to like turn up in AW. The way that, the, the way how stacked AW is, I kind of want him to just have this mad indie tear. Like you let him just chew through GCW uh, for like six months. I want him to do an indie tear. I also want him to show up in a ROH. Oh yeah, I mean PWG. Put him in there. Oh yeah, let's let's run let's run Malachi versus Gargano. Why not? Again, I just let Malachi kick Gargano so much his knees go backwards. <laughs> Great, and yeah, because like I just want him to do mad shit at GCW. Put him in the clusterfuck next year at the Collective. I don't care. Do it all. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, speaking about GCW, we'll move on to the next story. Uh, it was been noted in this week's Wrestling Observer newsletter that Brett Lauderdale, the owner and operator of GCW, said on his podcast that the, quote, biggest wrestling company in the world has expressed interest in the Bloodsport brand. For those of you who don't know, Bloodsport is like the like sort of fight club style, like Raw Underground-esque, uh, almost shoot, but not quite shoot, uh, like fight club sort of pay-per-view setup they do uh, like the ring doesn't have any ropes on and it's like submission and knockout only it's basically a kind of wrestling fight club uh, so this is interesting it's noted in, in the article because Vince McMahon is so hard against blood on the shows 
but perhaps this could be used as an offbeat brand to attract more subscribers to Peacock. This probably explains uh, recent on social media, Brett Lauderdale was seen pictures with Stephanie McMahon during WrestleMania. Also, several uh, GCW talents are also pictured in a luxury box and taking pictures of Stephanie. So, obviously, they, they, they roll out the red carpet for the GC dubs. Uh, Brett said on his podcast that um, McMahon, didn't say, it's just McMahon it doesn't say whether it's Stephanie or Vince, came by the suite to say hello and said nice um, things about GCW. It was Stephanie. Yeah, um, I was going to say. She was basically like comparing weirdly their entertainment. Oh, right. Fair. Uh, yeah, apparently, I say apparently, there's got to be, because she was taking pictures with all like GCW talent. Like she took one with um, Jimmy, Jimmy fucking Lloyd. There's got to be a picture of Steph and Nick Gage floating around somewhere. <laughs> I, I, I need that in my life so much. Just. Nick Gage throwing up the MDK and Stephanie <laughs> and just doing that fucking thing she does with everyone where she's just pointing at them like Triple H. <laughs> oh, better yet, I want a, I want a picture of Triple H pointing at Nick Gage doing the MDK. Yeah. Triple H is in my gang. Uh, yeah, this, this is this is an odd. These are odd bedfellows, aren't they? If this is if this if this is something that's going to happen. I mean. The thing is, I really don't want it to happen because they'll just do what they did with Evolve where they end up buying them and then just dissolving them and they'll be like, we've got your tape library. <laughs> it's why when like those talk of WWE basically buying pro wrestling ICW, it really gave me the fucking fear because like, oh, I don't want, I, I don't want them to take that away from us. Well, thing is, if they do buy, say they say they buy GCW, they don't they don't have a roster, so they don't get any talent. You get you get Nick whoa, Gage. Whoa, whoa, how dare, I, I was going to say, how dare you, Nick Gage, on the contract? Janelle's probably going to end up under contract there. You, you're not getting Grim Reefer. You're not getting. I don't want Grim, Grim Reefer. Shift. You're not getting Mercer. You're not getting you know any of the MDK guys. You're not getting AJ Gray. You're not getting Alex Kalan. You're not getting Effie. You're not getting Bussy. So you're basically going to get the brand and the library. Exactly. Which, and I suppose for WWE, all they really want is content. So they just want the library, presumably, yeah. and then they'll do a, they'll do Matt Riddle's tickle Bloodsport every WrestleMania weekend, doesn't? Bloodsport and Bloodsport Entertainment. Matt Rid- sorry, Riddle's Bloodsport Entertainment. No, thank you. Where instead of put- instead of like <laughs> instead of a no holes barred like um, knockout match like uh, Moxie versus Busek, they're going to have Matt Riddle race someone on a little scooter around a car park. They'll just bring back Raw Underground. Shane McMahon talking like he's some fucking bro to some sweaty dad, bro. Shane McMahon. Just sweaty dad, Shane McMahon in a fucking leather jacket, so he's like really. <laughs> oh god, that's pathetic. But yeah, it just, it just seems so, it just seems like this seems like one of those things just too odd to happen. But then again, Cody Rhodes going back seemed like it was too odd to happen. So who the fuck knows anymore? Mate, wrestling's a fucking just an acid trip at this point. Wrestling is wrestling. Never count anything else. No, those carnies are fucking fool you one way or another. Um, speaking of carnies, <laughs> oh god, a high incidence scaffold match has been booked for GCW. The old me. The Briscoes will face the second gear crews, Matthew Justice and Mance Warner on the 23rd of April, which is this weekend. Yeah, someone's going to fucking die. Yeah. 
this card is stacked. I'm thinking of buying the fucking events. I just like, need to know if I'm actually like off work or like the next. New Jack's, New Jack's going to come back to life and die again. I mean, like, just listen to this card. So they've got they've got the high incident match, which is the Briscoes versus SGC. They've got Alex Cologne versus AJ Gray. Jesus. They've got Bussy defending the tag titles against ASF and Gringo, Gringo Loco. Um, they've got Chris Dickinson versus ACH. Alex Shelley versus Nick Wayne. Oof. John Wayne Murdoch versus Hoodfoot, which is probably going to be a death match. That's going to be a technical masterpiece, mate. Chain wrestling. John Wayne Murdoch's got such tiny little skinny arms. <laughs> But then he's got like the body of like a fucking alcoholic redneck. <laughs> That's all I was saying to Aaron when we were watching his match with Alex Cologne. <laughs> making me really upset. Uh, Bandido versus Joey Janela. And in the main event, a match I never knew I needed until I saw it written down. Minoru Suzuki versus Two Cold Scorpio. Oh, geez. Two Cold Scorpio's going to die. Oh, he's, he's, he's going to pay the blood price. Yeah, that card bangs. Can't wait. That's, yeah, that, that's that. a really that card. You know, say the main event is Suzuki versus Scorpio. Are you sure the main event won't be the scaffold match? I mean, it's probably going to be the scaffold match, isn't it? Yeah, because that's going to be ridiculous. Like, Pro- Mark Briscoe's probably going to get thrown really fucking hard off that Mark, scaffold. Mark Briscoe's going to lose the rest of his teeth. Yeah. In that match. Mansa's gonna fucking finish that match looking like he's seen even more shit. Hope he's settled the affairs. Let me just come back from a broken leg as well. Oh man. So yeah, that's gonna absolutely slap. Uh, speaking about the speaking of Chris Dickinson, the dirty daddy, uh he has signed with New Japan Pro Wrestling. Awesome. Yeah, Chris Dickinson he took to his social media to announce he's signed with New Japan Pro Wrestling. Noted in his post that he's still able to work independent dates in the United States and internationally outside of Japan. And not even, not just that, they announced his first match in New Japan. He will face Hiroshi Tanahashi at Collision why in Philadelphia not? on the 15th of May. Because why not? Just give him, like you said, uh, Tanahashi is fighting Moxley as well as he said, Tanahashi is just going to body all the US dirty daddies. Yeah. Yeah. Just give give me what I want. Just Tanahashi, just line up as they come through the bin doors, just put them on their ass. Just all the daddies. Like, I mean, but it, that also that's that's if he makes it to the fifteenth of May, because yeah. he, he's got a tall order the day before, which we'll get to now, um, because this weekend, New Japan Pro Wrestling presented Windy City Riot, um, and I mean the win must have been what's effect what was affected the uh, the signal because oh yeah apparently this was this was some there was some technical problems yeah. The signal kept cutting out, and everyone who watched it was very upset. Luckily, I, I'm waiting for it to go on New Japan World, where it'll be absolutely fine. Um, but yeah, uh, this was again a really stacked card. Aaron stayed up and watched this live, and he said it was a really good show as well. Oh, nice! So, the factory, QT Marshall, Aaron Solo, and Nick Comrato defeated Clark Connors, Carl Fredericks, and Yuya Mera, team of the young lines there. Um, Fred Rosser, the Dirty Daddy, Chris Dickinson, Josh Alexander, Ren Narita, Alex Coughlin, and 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 Alex Coughlin, sorry, defeated Team Filthy, which was Black Tiger, JL Kratos, Jarrell Nelson, Royce Isaacs, and Danny Limelight. Uh, 
the New Japan Strong Openweight Championship was defended by Tom Lawler against Yuji Nagata, successfully defended. Um, the United Empire, the team of Jeff Cobb, the Great O'Conn, Aaron Hanair, Mark Davis, and Carl Fletcher and TJP defeated the Bullet Club, um, Good Brothers, Chris Bay, El Fantasmo, Hikaleo, and Scott fucking Norton. Damn. Scott Lord, Scott Norton just had like a little hoss fight with Jeff Cobb and then got, that was all he did. <laughs> just did like a little mini hoss fight with Jeff Cobb. It was great. Uh, we had a street cut street fight, the team of Brody King and Finn Juice defeated Bad Dude Tito, Shane Haste, and Jonah. Uh, I forgot, please tell me Jonah and Brody King had a bit together. Yeah, they had a big old hoss fight. Oh, yes. Uh, I forgot to put this in the notes as well um, for the news. Uh, that was Juice Robinson's last ever New Japan match. Well, last match is a contracted New Japan talent. Yeah. Uh, he said he's more likely than not going to be going to impact. Um, in a US of J Open Challenge, Jay White defeated Shota Umino, um, John Moxley's other son. Shooter Umino. Shooter Umino. Is he called Shooter? John Moxley refers to him as Shooter. Uh, I, I hope he brings him in for the Blackpool Combat Club. <laughs> I feel like he'd be good for. Um, Next one, I'm I'm maxed up probably fractured the space game time continuum. I mean, they've done it that many times, it probably didn't. (laughs) They're like like fucking Batman and the Joker, they're going to fight forever. Um, Tomohiro Ishii defeated Minoru Suzuki after the match. Uh, This is the thing you're excited about. Eddie Kingston came out and challenged Ishii to a match. Yep, yep. Um, And in the main event, John Moxley pleased the old gods by giving probably about a pint of, of Will Ospreay's blood to them <laughs> and probably also a pint of his own. Uh, I've not seen this match yet. I've heard it was absolutely phenomenal. I've seen a few bits. Like, I've seen the, the curb stomp. I've seen the curb stomp. I've seen the picture of Moxley, like, covered in blood. Apparently, this is the one they fucked up. They the ref, like, ring the bell on, on a two-count or something. God knows. So apparently they really they boxed the ending and after the match, I don't know if it was meant to, to happen after the match, <laughs> Moxie gave the ref a death rider. I would too. Um, and uh, yeah, um, after the match also Moxley challenges Hiroshi Tanahashi uh, at New Japan Capital Collision which happens on May the 14th. So Tanahashi's uh, got to do Moxley on the 14th and then On and the then, 23rd, he's got to do... Chris Dickinson oh, no. on the 15th. No, Chris is not in April. 23rd of April. Oh, no, so yeah. Collision of Philadelphia, yeah. So, yeah. So, it's, oh, Jesus. He's got date, date, back-to-back. Mox and Dickinson. Jesus Christ. He's going to be fucking sore by the time that's all done with. He's not going to look as beautiful anymore, is he? No. His, his beautiful face, his pretty face is going to hell. Poor bastard. If Mox doesn't get him, Dickinson will. You know I mean, also, um, does that mean that Osprey's in there? The Black Bull Combat Club busy blood with Mox, no, or not good, no, or, or does he have to like now fight Uter and uh, Brian? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he has to fight Uter's new gatekeeper. It, it's, it's basically to get in the Black Bull Combat Club, you've just got to fight your way through them all, <laughs> you to beat them all up. It's like Scott Pilgrim, Mo- Mox is like the fucking final boss, just waiting there, smoking a cigarette. But did you see that picture I put on the Discord of Mox like smoking a cigarette with like the title over his shoulder just covered in blood? Yeah. He looked like, <laughs> look like, look like Satan. 
just smiling, just like, <laughs> like, oh my god, he is a terrifying man. Did you see the Did you see the one with uh, Eddie Kingston and I think it was Daniel Garcia? It was Utah, wasn't it? Wasn't it Utah and Kingston? No, Utah it was, and yeah, yeah, King, yeah, because Utah was on there uh, the pre-show, wasn't he? Everyone freaked out because Mox had a kind of beer in his hand, but it was a uh, a non-alcoholic IPA. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Um, right, yeah, I think that's going to do it for news. Um, yeah. That's everything we've got down. Last bit. Um, yeah. Uh, I look forward to Hiroshi Tanahashi being sacrificed to the blood god. Just slowly murdered by like all of the hard bastards in America. That's going to be a hell of a thing. Uh, yeah, so thank you very much for joining yeah. us this week. I uh, hope you enjoyed our weekly news roundup. Uh, take care of yourselves, and we will see you all very soon. Goodbye. Bye. Hello, yes, Dan Housen here. Dan Housen has been summoned. You must love this podcast housing, the Untitled Wrestling Podcast housing. <laughs>